You know, if I had a lawn chair right now, I'd just lay it out and lay out in the glory, bask in the glory. <laughs> glory to God. Wow. Whew, whew. I, was, I was asking the Lord when, when Austin came and, and, and after he told me that, I, I was asking the Holy Ghost, I was like, when do you want us to pray for, pray for him in the service? And I, and I got his permission to, you know, if we could pray over him, of course. And uh, that was the perfect timing. And all of those songs that were sung lines exactly right up with Amen. what I'm preaching today. Amen. Oh, my. Water is good, but the living water is better. Amen? Yes. Mm. Hey, it's great to have visitors in the house today. We want to welcome you. Remember, you're only a visitor one time. The second time, you're family. And we want to welcome John and Sarah Abernathy. Stand up, guys, real quick. This is our, these are our friends from Joplin, Missouri. I ministered at their church. And uh, so we've been lifelong friends. Amen. They're awesome people. So they came up and wanted a little taste of what God's doing up here in Carroll, Michigan. Amen? If you have your Bibles, open them up to 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. It's great to see Christina and Michael and the new little one, Elise, right? In the house. What a blessing. Amen. Congratulations, guys. And and soon, you let me know when you're ready, we will dedicate her to the Lord. Mmm. In a Holy Ghost fashion, amen? Glory, 2 Timothy. Uh, uh, Chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. I got so excited as this message was downloaded into my spirit this week. I I just felt like there's something, there's there's fresh revelation. There's revelation on this word. So I'm praying that you you catch, you're going to, as they say, pick up what I'm laying down. Amen? All right, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Let's start there. It says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Now, the Holy Spirit in this passage here is giving us some clues. He's given us some hints, some evidence, if you will, of what the last days will look like. Friends, we're there right now. We are in the last days. We are in the last days. We are living in the end times on this earth. Just take a moment to let that sink in. Isn't that amazing? You, what, what's mind-boggling to me is this, is that God saw fit for you and I in this little slice of history to put us in right now, to witness this, this last push this move of the Holy Spirit. And unfortunately, unfortunately, the evidence of what I just read. But I don't know about you, but I want to impact history. I want to advance the kingdom of God. I want to make my life count on this earth while I have breath in my lungs. Amen? Amen. I want to make an impact. I just don't want to. You know, Kenneth Hagin said this. He said, many individuals, they live and die 
without ever entering into the first phase of their ministry or calling or purpose of God. Isn't, I, I, I was sitting in my desk in front of my computer writing this, and, and it was just so sad to me that people have lived 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years on this earth, and they never have flowed in the purpose that God created them on this earth. But we have, we, what an honor to witness these last days and be part of this end time revival that's getting ready to break loose. Amen? So you better settle it in your heart right now that, it, that you will not backslide, or if you are, come on back home. Amen? Amen. The Father's always waiting, right? He's waiting with the robe and the ring. You know, a lot of times on the prodigal son, we always think about when the son came back. But listen to this. It was the father that ran to the son because the father was waiting for him to come back. So if you're in a backslidden state today, come on back. Run back. Run back to him. Amen? So you settle in your heart that you will not back down, that you're ready to lay it all on the line for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And listen to this. That laying it all on the line for Jesus Christ is entry-level Christianity. Some people think, oh, laying it all on the line, you know, you just got to be in full-time ministry. You got to be, oh, no, 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 no. Laying it all on the line for the gospel is entry-level Christianity. Think about that. But this is it. This is the fourth quarter. We're in the bottom of the ninth. This is the 1159th hour. We're in the last days. So we need to tighten our relationship up with our Heavenly Father and our spiritual walk. Amen? Amen. The five verses I read there in 2 Timothy, uh, they're not only there to point out what the last days will look like, but it's a, a, it's a warning from the Holy Spirit to us. It's a warning that, that don't fall into these traps. If you fall into these traps, you're in bad shape. Remember I told you this, that wherever God warns us or admonishes us to stay away from something, you know what that means? It means there's always going to be a temptation to fall into that thing. So all of these things that were listed, the Holy Ghost is warning us. He's saying it's going to be very, very easy. You know what? All of those things I read, guess what they are? The flesh. And to overcome the flesh, you have to do something to get into the spirit. See, by default, the flesh wins. If you do nothing, the flesh wins, and you fall into these things. I don't know about you, but I don't want this to be me. I, I don't want this to describe me. Amen? So God is identifying or pointing out traps or potential downfalls to us as Christians. Now, out of that whole list, I want to zoom in on one thing that the Holy Spirit, and, and here's why. We know Thanksgiving is Thursday, but the Holy Ghost gave me this. I want to zoom in on this one on there, unthankful, unthankful. I find it very interesting that the Holy Spirit saw fit to add that in the list. And I was, I was praying when I was doing this message, I was like, Lord, give me some insight on unthankfulness. Give me some insight. And these words came to me. The rest of the things listed there in 2 Timothy 3 can all be traced back to thank unthankfulness. Unthankfulness 
is an open doorway to the other things listed. So today I'm going to talk about the power of thankfulness. There is power in thankfulness, having a thankful heart. So let's find out what the word says about having a thankful heart. What are the benefits of it in our life and what is the danger of not having it? Go to Colossians with me. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Verses 16 through 17 here. So unthankfulness was so important of a point, so important of a warning that the Holy Ghost seemed seemed fit to list it in, in that passage. Isn't that something? So the Holy Spirit's trying to get a point across to us about the importance of being thankful and not being unthankful. But here it is. Colossians 3, 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Say richly. Richly. In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I want to point out one word in that passage. One word in that passage. If you have a pen, underline it. It's the word let. L-E-T, let. Now, a casual reading of that, you would just blow right on past that, wouldn't you? But when I read that, the Holy Ghost put the brakes right on me when I was reading it. And it says, I want you to notice it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now, richly means abundantly, in overflow, or in a plentiful way. The word let in that verse literally means this, that the responsibility to let that happen is on you. Let, you know, when I read that word immediately, I pictured a gate. You are the gatekeeper. You are the gatekeeper. Are you, how much are you going to let in of the word of God into your heart? It's talking about letting the word of God dwell in your heart. That Remember we talked about recently that there's two gateways to the heart. The eye gate and the ear gate. Remember that? So you can get the word of God in your heart by seeing it, by reading it, by hearing it. Those are the two ways to get it inside of you. So what then is the connection here with thankfulness? The connection is this. The level of thankfulness, come on, to God in your heart is in direct proportion to how much you let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. I guarantee you, I can point. If you don't have a thankful heart, I can take it back to this. How much of the word of Christ is dwelling in you? Oh my, I, 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 I want to get this across to you because this was like revelation to me when I did it. <laughs> because, listen to this, why is this? Because when you fill yourself with the word of God, you are, oh, I love this, you are filling yourself with spiritual reality of who God really is. Not what dead religion tells you, but who he really is. Do you understand that? The only way to find out who God really is is through that book right there. That's the only place. If someone tells you, well, God's not the healer, you go back and say, well, yes, he is, because his word says it is. I don't care what your opinion says. I don't care what the doctors tell you. 
Are you hearing me? My God is a healer. I know it because his word says it. So the connection there, it's powerful. When you fill yourself with the word of God, you're filling yourself. Say it. Say spiritual reality of who God really is. Listen to this. The less word that you have on the inside of you, the more you are filled with a worldly perspective, the more you're filled with the lies of the enemy and a negative version of who God is. See, this is the danger now. Listen to me. This is the danger of basing who God is on your natural circumstances. You uh, Follow me now. You've got to understand this. Many people will say God's not the healer because such and such died. And such and such was a great Christian. Don't base it on the experience. If you're going to base it on the experience, the devil's going to beat your butt every time. Are you hearing me? You have to go back to the word of the living God. You have to say, I'm going to stick with the word. So only his word truly reveals who he is, his integrity. His love for you. God is our provider, our deliverer, our defender, our healer, so on. And just like Linda talked about on Wednesday, God is good. God is good. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now. That don't change the fact of all these things, who God is. And he's good. And he's working behind the scenes. Trust me. This is why only the word of God can ignite and build faith on the inside of us because it reveals who he truly is and not, I'm going to say it again, and I'll say not a man-made version of him. You know, the Bible says it's possible to make another Jesus. In other words, are you believing the true Jesus of the Bible or are you making another Jesus? Are you following me? Oh, there's nothing wrong with uh, homosexuality and abortion, right? My Jesus is okay with that. Guess what? You, you made another Jesus. That's called idolatry, by the way. That's why we can only, see, only the word of God can calibrate, say calibrate, calibrate. our moral compass. Right. Amen. And that's why this church is going to be the moral compass. You want to know in this area? You want to know why? Because we stand on the word of God. That's why we go into school board meetings and say, we're not going to put up with this. We're going to stand for the word of God. Guess what? We love you. God bless you guys. I'm going to be praying for you all. But we're going to stand for the word of God. We're not budging. Amen? All right. So go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 2. Six and seven. Come on. Living Waters is going to make some noise to sound the alarm when there's something against the word of God. We're going to do it. Amen. Colossians 2, 6 through 7, I want you to look at. It says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it, there it is, with thanksgiving. And true faith, listen, you could say it this way, they're power twins. True faith will always have a thankful heart connected with it. 
The gospel is good news. A true revelation, a, a true revelation of it creates a thankful heart in you. I, I will go as far to say this is that if there's not a thankful heart in you, I bet you your faith, your 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 faith tank is very low right now. Because when you get, you get faith built up in your heart from the word of God, there's an igniting on the inside of you. Your thankfulness goes up. Wow, God. You know, that's why some, you know, some people think that the promises in the word are too good to be true. Well, they're really good, but they're true. Are you hearing me? So uh, you can trace unthankfulness back to even your faith level on the inside of you. Giving thanks is a manifestation of faith. Now, an unthankful heart, uh, this is powerful, an unthankful heart is really a manifestation of pride. An unthankful heart is a manifestation of pride. Why? I don't need God. I'll do it on my own, right? So then you could say it this way. A thankful heart is a characteristic of humility. Oh, oh, now go with me to 1 Peter 5. This is powerful here. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. And I'm going to make the connection here. What I'm trying to prove is an unthankful heart is a manifestation of pride, but a thankful heart is... Anybody who has a thankful heart, I guarantee you they're humble on the inside. The biblical version of humble. Look at this. First uh, Peter 5, 5, and it says this. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Look at the rebellion we have going on in this, uh, this world, right? Here, okay. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed. With humility. In other words, let it be who you are. Let it be a part of who you are, right? Be clothed with humility. For God, here it is, resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I want you to notice something. This is written to Christians, not to the unbeliever. It says, if you're walking in pride, God's gonna resist you. Oh, I'm coming against that enemy. I'm coming against, maybe you should check your pride level first because maybe it's not the enemy. Maybe you've opened the door to pride, to the enemy. Are you here? It's just something to think about, right? All right, but look at this. God resists the proud, or you could say it like this and do no injustice to the word of God. God resists the unthankful. Why? Because unthankfulness is just a manifestation of pride. Now look at this. God gives grace to the humble. And you could say this, God gives grace to the thankful. Now let me pull this all in. Let me bring this thing home now with this. Let's bring it down to a parent's perspective. You ready for this, parents? How many parents we got in the house here? Oh yeah, okay, so this better hit home. Ready? Let's look at this from the parent's perspective. Parents, when your children has not shown appreciation or thankfulness for the things you've done for them, outside of the basic needs, and then your kid says that they want something, are you eager to bless them? Come on, hello, anybody home? Are you, no, guess what you do? If they're showing you disrespect, 
and they're not thankful for what you're doing for them, when they come to you and say, hey, mom, dad, I want this, and you're gonna say, oh, no, not with that attitude. You resist them. Are you following what this is saying? Oh, attitude is everything. God is watching our attitude. My goodness. Now, on, on the, the contrary, when you have blessed them and they have a thankful heart, Mom, Dad, thank you so much. Thank you so much for everything you've done for me. I so appreciate it. You guys are a blessing to me, right? It makes them want to do it even more. Are you following this? You want to show more grace to that child and go up and beyond the base. Now, parents, yeah, you better be providing all the basic needs, right? If not, you're going to have a talk with Pastor James, right? <laughs> right? I'm talking about the up and beyond blessing. Are you hearing me? Are you, fo- you following this? Yeah. Go to Psalm 67. Psalm 67. Oh, yeah. When, when our kid, if, if they show disrespect, I mean, they're just not thankful. They're giving attitudes left and right. And they say, hey, take me to the mall. I want this. <laughs> you better change that attitude first. You better start being thankful or I, well, you're not getting anything up and beyond. Are you hearing me? My, my, my. So God is our heavenly father. Amen. All right, Psalm 67, 1 through 7, I want to take a look at. Mm, I feel the sweet presence of the Lord in this place today. Look at this. God, be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations on earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us and shall bless us, and all of the ends of the earth shall fear him. I love that passage. This passage of scripture is talking about praising God. But you cannot truly praise God without a thankful heart. Are you following me? You you are praising God because of your thankful heart. So I'm, I'm switching a little bit here to praise, okay? But again, they're power twins. You can't have one without the other. You're thanking God because, amen? So you ju- uh, so just so you know, you can't separate the two. This passage reveals that having a thankful heart and verbally releasing your praise to God literally releases blessings in your life. Go to pull up real quick Psalm sixty-seven, just the verses five through seven. Look at just verses five through seven. I read the whole thing because I love it, but I want you to see. Verses 5 through 7. Let's break this down. Let all the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Say then. Then. If you have a pen, underline the word then. There's a lot of if and then statements in the word of God. Now, here is what I want to point out. 
right here. Then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Notice that it, when it talks about praising God, it says, then increase will come. Increase. When you have a thankful heart and you turn that verb into verbal praise, it says when you start praising God, increase will come into your life. You have lack in your life? Let's check your praise level. Are you hearing me? Let's check the, the, the level of thankfulness on the inside in your heart. Look at Psalm 104 and 5. Psalm 104 and 5. Oh, so, so it says when you start praising God, then increase will take place. But let, I want to go deeper with that thought. I'm, I'm kind of digging. I'm going into the wells here. You ready for this? So Psalm 100, 4 through 5. Enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And into his courts with what? Because you can't have one without the other. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. A thankful heart, look at this, a thankful heart is the key to enter even just the gates. You got, oh my, you have to have a thankful heart to even enter the gate. It's the key to the gate. Say gate. Now I'm going somewhere with this. And praise is the key to enter the courts beyond the gate. Now, here's what the Holy Spirit showed me. He showed me a picture of the tabernacle. Oh, my, my, my. Giving thanks is the key that opens the gates and allows you into the courts. Come on. I'm going somewhere here. But praise puts you into the outer court. Say outer court. Now, this is all leading up to an experience in the glory, in the manifest presence of God. And I want and then it, it takes you deeper into his presence. Go to Second Chronicles. Man, we're going somewhere with this. You hear this? There's a scripture that says we are changed from glory to glory. Amen. In other words, you cannot experience the manifest presence of God in a service, in your life. You cannot experience, have an experience with the glory of God and not be changed. That's why it says you're changed from one experience of experience in his presence to the next experience. I'm changed. Every time you experience his presence, we're being changed on the inside. It's impossible. In fact, I guarantee you, those of you who came into this place, you're going to leave feeling different. Why? Because his presence is in this place. Amen. Now, 2 Chronicles 5, 13 through 14. Oh, my. That seems to be my new tagline is, oh, my. It used to be, are you hearing me? For some reason, it's being switched up. But it is a new season, so... Uh, 2 Chronicles 5, 13 through 14. So, so a thankful heart, remember, is the key that enters the gate. Praise is the key that, makes, that allows you to go beyond the gate. Are you following me? Okay, here we go. 2 Chronicles 5, 13 
through 14. This is powerful. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers were as one, unity, to make one sound to be heard in praising and what? Oh, here's another, here we go. And thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, what? Because thankfulness and praise, they go together. And praised the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. That the house, look at this, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. So that the priest, you could say it this way, so the pastor could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. I want to tell you something. The same God that filled the temple with the cloud is the same God that we serve in here. Don't think for a minute that a cloud can't be formed of the glory of God in this place. The Shekinah glory. The Kabbat. Are you hearing me? Now listen to this. This is getting good. The singers were praising and thanking the Lord, right? There was unity. I want you to notice another key. So that was another key was unity. So you can see where I'm taking this. I'm taking this. We're going into the tabernacle. We're going into different levels to experience the presence of God. Without the presence of God, everything is dead religion. You need the presence of God. Amen? So look at this. So they were all in unity, just like in the upper room, they were all in one, of, one accord. So in this account, there was a thanking the Lord, thanking of the Lord, thanking him, praising him, and here's another key. There was a heart attitude of worship. There was a heart attitude of worship. So here we go. When the thankfulness and praise transition into worship, it invites the manifest presence of God because of the level of intimacy between you and the Lord increases. Are you following me? Worship is the key that unlocks. Worship is that key. You got through the, you're in, you unlocked the gate. You're in the outer court. Now, you're, what we're working our way toward is worship. And that's the key that opens the holy of holies. Oh, my. That's why many people don't experience the presence of God in their life. They think it's some foreign thing. You know why? Because you haven't entered into that, that attitude of worship. Sure, you have a thankful heart. You have praise. But if you really want to get into the holy of holies with the Lord, there has to be worship. I mean, it, and when you get into that atmosphere of worship, it, what it does, it... it it drives home the reality of who he is. It brings the reality of, wow, this circumstance is nothing compared to Almighty God. Amen. Whatever it is you're going through, are you following me? Amen. So three keys, thankfulness, praise, and worship. And when the glory manifests, here's what happens. Increase comes. Blessing comes. Healing comes. Deliverance comes. There, there's an atmosphere shift. There's an atmosphere for miracles, signs, and wonders. You see, that's why uh, a, a lot of the, the healing evangelists and stuff at their meetings, all right, what do they do? 
many times it's just they it's an atmosphere of worship they start out with some praise and you're right thankful heart praise but then it transitions like a like a benny hinn right there's a transition in the services where it's worship and it's intimacy with the lord and that and, and he will tell you that is when miracles signs and wonders start to happen that's why it's so important uh, the praise and worship here in a service, right? Well, that's what we're working toward. That's what we're always trying to get to the place. And you can feel it. You know, the first song, you know, people aren't really entering in, right? Because you know, let's face it, you deal with a lot of stuff during the week, a lot of junk, right? right. Dealing with the secular uh, world, secular realm, right? But then the second one comes. Okay, now now we're kind of you know the gate the, the keys been uh, used the, the where we open the gate. Now the second third song you're kind of into the the outer court right, and we're making our way. About the fourth or fifth song, yeah. you feel the kiss of the Holy Ghost on that on that service, yeah. and now now it's to the place where when you get to that place where you feel like that you could just worship the whole service. Like you don't want the flow to be stopped. You're in a great place. Okay. Amen. Now, here's the thing. I, I tell people this a lot. How do you know when you're really starting to flow in worship with the Lord? Here's where. When you're in your personal time of prayer with the Lord. Yeah, right? A lot of times we like to put praise and worship music on, right? Because it kind of sets an atmosphere. But you know you're going deeper with the Lord when there doesn't even need to be music on and you're just sitting there talking to the Lord and praying and you enter in and you don't even need music. You feel right when you start talking to your heavenly father, you feel his presence just surround and encamp you. Oh, see, that's what we're working toward, right? Nothing wrong with playing music and entering in with music. Don't get me wrong. Keep doing it. What I'm trying to say is, you know you're getting farther along in your walk with the Lord when you don't need an outside stimulus to get you into his presence. You understand what I'm saying? All right, so so here we go. So let's go deeper into that thought. Can we go a little deeper? Yeah. All right, so when the glory manifests, when his manifest presence, that, what do I mean by that? You can literally feel, feel him is all I can say. You, you physically start to feel him. It's not just a, oh, I know he's here somewhere, right? I, by faith, I know he's here. No, you literally start to feel the atmosphere shift. You feel him. That's the best way I can describe it, right? So when that happens, blessing comes, all right? Healing comes. But let's go deeper into that thought. Why does the atmosphere change? Why is the supernatural power of God released when that happens? Man, this might be one of the most powerful messages I've ever preached. I'm telling you, are you ready for this? This is going to blow some people's minds here. Because when you give God thanks with a thankful heart and you praise him and you start to worship him, you want to know why? You want to know why you feel an atmosphere shift? Because of this. You are joining in with the activities of heaven. You are joining in. You are releasing the atmosphere of heaven on earth. Go to Revelation chapter 11. Let's drive this message home. Revelation 11. Why? Why did all these things happen? When the presence of God shows up, when the glory of God shows up, things begin to happen very easy. When you're in the glory, pray, answered prayer, happens like that. 
Oh my, Revelation 11, verses 15 through 17. Let's start with that. 11, 15 through 17. When the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord, God Almighty, the one who is and who was and is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. Now jump with me back to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. I'm trying to show you that when you are having a thankful heart, you are praising God and you are worshiping. You are getting yourself involved with the activities of what's going on in our home country, in heaven, because our citizenship is truly in heaven as a Christian. Revelation 4, 8 through 11 here. Oh, my. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within they do not rest day or night saying, here it is, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. When, uh, whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks, thanks, there it is, to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying these words. Think about it. This is going on in heaven right now. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. Just know when you are thanking your heavenly father, when you are praising him, when you're worshiping him, you are fulfilling this. Are you ready for this? On earth as it is in heaven. On, just like the Lord's prayer, on earth as it is in heaven. That's why when you start to do the activities of heaven on earth, that's why his presence from the throne room fills this place, fills your life. Mm. Miracles are released in the glory. It's interesting to point out this. The Holy Spirit gave me this little nugget. Matthew 15, 35 through 38, uh, that when Jesus verbally thanked his heavenly father for the seven loaves, remember that, and the fish, Jesus thanked his heavenly father and they multiplied. Having a thankful heart will release miracles in your life. Remember that? Father, thank you. Right? A thankful heart will bring increase in your life. Mm, a thankful heart is an, I wrote this, a thankful heart is an open doorway that releases the miraculous in your life. Uh, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You guys getting something out of this? Now, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 22. Mm, I love this. Okay, I love it all. All right. Mm -mm -mm. It says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, what? 
give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Father, I, just, I don't know what your will is for me. Start giving thanks. And you'll hear from the Holy Ghost clearer. Woo! Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every. Say every. Every form of evil. I want you to notice it says in everything give thanks. Did you notice that? In. Say in. Again, we're taking one little word that you could easily blow by reading the word of God. It doesn't say for. It says in everything. In this verse, it says in everything, give thanks. Why is that? Why is that? Why does it say that? Because many Christians only want to give thanks when everything is perfect. But this says in everything, give thanks. What if you're going through a trial? What if you got a sickness, disease in your body? What if what's going on? What do you mean, God, in everything, give thanks? Why? We aren't giving thanks for the negative circumstances or an attack from the enemy. We are giving thanks because he's given promises in his word that will deliver us from it. So when you start giving thanks, the enemy hates that. The enemy is saying, wait a minute, hold on. I gave you a sickness or a disease in your body. You're supposed to be cursing God. You're supposed to not have faith. And, but when you switch it to being thankful, back to spiritual reality, then you can give thanks in everything. And it's what you're doing is you're putting your faith into action in that trial. The Holy Spirit is revealing to us this. Are you ready for this? The Holy Spirit is revealing to us how to change our circumstances. That is what he's doing. The Holy Spirit's always looking out for us. The Holy Spirit's always, anytime the Holy Spirit gives you a direction or a leading, it's always this, to lead you in life to receive the promises that Jesus Christ died on the cross to give you. Jesus went to the cross a horrible death. The Holy Spirit's job is to make sure for you and I to take hold of every benefit of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit is revealing to us how to change our circumstances. He's telling us how to release faith in the midst of those circumstances and turn the thing around. Now remember this, your, thankful, your thankfulness is in direct proportion to how much of the word of God is in your heart. There is power in having a thankful heart toward God. Go to Ephesians 5. I'm cranking through this right now. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And this is on, uh, being recorded, by the way, so it will be on livingwaterschapel.org. So anytime you want to go back and listen, take notes, whatever. Amen? Um, let's see here. So Ephesians 5, 18 through 20. Oh, my. Powerful, powerful here. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, or that word means excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. What? Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. I want you to notice here that you can't even stay filled with the Holy Spirit without having a thankful heart and verbally releasing it. 
Did you see that? You can't even have, be stay filled. Now, I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit baptism. The Holy Spirit baptism is a one-time experience. But you got to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Someone says, why do you got to stay filled? I said, because we leak. We leak. We go through things during the week where we leak. Amen? But you can't even stay filled uh, with the Holy Spirit without having a thankful heart. And so it's no wonder there's so many weak and defeated Christians in the body of Christ. It says to give thanks always. And we can only do that. We, We can't do that if God is not at the very center of our life. The moment you stop giving thanks, I guarantee you, is the moment you took your eyes off of the word, you took your eyes off of who your heavenly father is and back on this lying realm. Are you following me? Oh, my. So we got to verbalize our thankfulness. Uh, You know, you can identify a Christian that's staying filled with the Holy Spirit by whether or not they're verbalizing their thankfulness to God. Amen. So this is, it's powerful. Um, So the enemy wants to do everything he can do to tempt you, to distract you, to get your eyes off the Lord. Don't let him have that power over you, all right? He knows when he gets your focus off of the word, it strips you of that thankful heart. It strips you of the faith. And ultimately, it strips you of joy in your life. If the enemy can't get you to forfeit, the enemy is always trying to get us to forfeit our joy. Why? Because the word says this. The joy of the Lord is what? Our strength. So uh, i tell you right now, if the enemy can get you to willingly forfeit your joy, he's weakened you. He's weakened you. You feel weak today? You need to get some joy in you. You need to have a thankful heart. Get back in the word of God. Fill yourself with the word and the promises in the word of God. Get back to praising and worshiping him. Amen? Amen. Now, there is a battle for your heart. I'm almost done. I want one more one more uh, passage here. Um, I want to end this message with one account, the Holy Spirit. I've never seen this before in the Word, so I want to share it with you guys. Uh, it reveals the importance of having a thankful heart toward God. Never seen this before. I want to talk about Jonah. I want to talk about Jonah. When's the last time you opened up the book of Jonah? It's probably been a while, right? All right. But Jonah was told by God to go to a city called Nineveh and to speak against the wickedness, right? He wanted, God wanted Jonah to be the spokesman, right? So Jonah, he got freaked out. He said, oh, no, I'm not going to do this, right? And Jonah began to run from God, to run from the call of God on his life. Do we have any spiritual runners in here, huh? Any spiritual runners? Anybody running from the call of God on your life? Amen. Oh, God will find a way to get you back into it, trust me. So Jonah went, he started running from God, and he went to Tarshish, and then to what's called Joppa, a city. And he got on a ship there at Joppa. And when he went out on the ship with these other individuals, a terrible windstorm rose up and was breaking the ship, starting to break the ship apart. And Jonah, the, the, all the people on the ship are saying, oh, okay, who's on this ship causing this storm? Someone's on here and they're being disobedient to God or something. So Jonah finally finally fessed up and said, all right, guys, it's me. I'm running from God. He told them the story. So they, now, by the way, let me tell you this, just to pull this out of that, be careful who's in your inner circle because it will affect your life. Are you, are you hearing me? Who you let into your circle can cause storms 
in your life. Amen? So, so Jonah eventually admitted that the storm was because of his disobedience, and they threw him over the ship. Right when they threw him over, the storm stopped. All right? The moment you get rid of some people in your life, the storm's going to stop. There's a word for somebody. Amen? Go to Jonah chapter 2. Jonah chapter 2. Mm-mm-mm. All right, Jonah chapter 2, 1 through 10, and this is it. This is it. This is, we're bringing it home. We're on final approach, as they say in aviation, right? We're driving this home. Someone needs to hear this message right now. Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. I set the stage for you. Then Jonah prayed. So Jonah, by the way, he, so when they threw him over, God sent it's what's called a great fish. Was it a whale? Maybe it was a great fish, the Word of God says, right? Uh, and and so the, this fish swallowed Jonah. Here's where it picks up in chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. And all your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet will I look again toward your holy temple. The water surrounded me, even to my soul. This is in the fish, Jonah saying this. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth was with its bars closed behind me forever. You have brought me up. Uh, you have brought up my life from the pit, O oh Lord. When my soul fainted within me, listen to this, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you. How? Here it is. Notice this. But I will sacrifice to you, Jonah said, with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Look what happened when Jonah repented and he got a thankful heart. Look at this. So the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah on dry land. This is what I want to point out. That, that we don't, thank God, we don't have to sacrifice lambs or animals. Our sacrifice that we need to bring is praise and thanksgiving to God. And it was when Jonah got a, a repentant heart and he, he said, all right, God, not my will, your will be done. Thank you, Father. It was when he th- had a heart of thankfulness, the, the whale or f- great fish spit him out onto dry land. There may be someone here today or listening online you have been running from God and not operating in your calling. And you're feeling like you are in the belly of a great fish. You have come to an end of yourself. You're ready to submit to the plan of God. The Holy Spirit said this, if you will repent, have a mind change, and begin to be, have a thankful heart, that fish, that circumstance is gonna spit you out and freedom will come to your life. And you too, like Jonah, will have a new beginning. You will have another, ch- another shot at your calling. Church, I hope you got a new, fresh perspective on having, a main- having and maintaining a thankful heart to God. Amen? Amen? Because there is truly power in having a thankful heart. Let's stand in this place.
A thankful heart will change your circumstances. Amen? Father God, thank you for your word. Lord, I'm asking for this word that was preached. Lord God, that, the, that Holy Spirit, you would speak even more. That you would, you would bring fresh revelation. That you would show us how to take this word and how to apply it to every area of our lives. Now, maybe there's someone in here. You have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You're on the outside looking in. You feel like you're in the belly of a great fish. But today, God has given you this chance. Why can I say that? How do I know that? Because you have breath in your lungs still. Still. And tomorrow is not promised for you. So the Word of God says these words. It says, today is the day of salvation. In other words, not tomorrow, not a week from now today today's the chance because you know what hell is still hot but jesus is still the savior amen if you never made jesus lord of your life today's the day to do it and i want that privilege to pray with you if you never made jesus lord of your life just come over here to this side and i'll pray with you at the end of the service i'm not gonna i don't want to embarrass anyone but come on up and i want to pray with you at the end of service now maybe there's someone here you you're saved, you, you love the Lord, but you are in that backslidden state. You are in that state where you're running like Jonah. You're running, you're running. But today, God says, come on back. Just, he, I, hear the, I just heard this on the inside. Stop this foolishness. Stop this foolishness. Come back to me. Come back to me. I will receive you. You haven't done anything so bad that I would not receive you. Are you hearing the heart of God on that? If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord today, I want you to come over and just stand over here, and I want to pray with you at the end of service. Now, maybe there's someone in here, you've, you love the Lord, but you, you just feel like there's like no power of the gospel in your life. There's no power, and you feel weak. You've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. You want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, I want to pray with you. Oh, it's powerful. It'll change your life. Amen? Receiving the Holy Spirit baptism. In fact, get this. Jesus, Jesus did not do one miracle until the Holy Spirit came upon him. Jesus was water baptized, remember, in the Jordan? And then it said the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove. Even Jesus, the Son of God, needed the Holy Spirit baptism to have an effective ministry and power on this earth. Mind-blowing, isn't it, people? Mind-blowing. But Jesus is our example. The Son of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, come up to this side, and I want to pray with you today. Maybe there's someone here, you need prayer for anything else. You need emotional healing, deliverance. You, you need a miracle in your life. You're going through a hard time, a situation. You just need prayer. Meet me over on that side. Oh, Wow. Father, we thank you for today. Wow, I feel the presence of God right now. Father, I pray for every person in here. I pray that you would encamp them and their families with your holy angels. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over them. Give them safety as they travel throughout the week. Lord God, I pray right now that every person in this place that's being attacked by the enemy, I say, Satan, you let them go in the name of Jesus. Hey, I bind every demonic spirit coming against them. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, I bless them. Let them experience your manifest presence and glory like never before. Lord, take this message and make it real in their life. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right, everyone. Hey, now here's the deal. I am going to be here on Wednesday night for prayer. Now, here's the thing. I know, I know, I know it's, it's a weird time to have it, but here, don't feel bad if you have things to do with family. I know a lot of people are going to be cooking on Wednesday night. I get it. But you know what? I have nothing to do. I want to be here, and I'm going to be praying. So anybody else who wants to be here, come on 7 p.m. on Wednesday. But if you're not able to make it, we love you, and have fun on Thanksgiving. Amen? Amen. Have a great week, everyone. If you need me, oh, I have new business cards on the back. Grab one on the way out. Throw. You know, I'm going to be getting in touch with more people. But if you need anything, text me, call me. Please, pastor's not untouchable. Let's go have lunch. Let's do something. I get bored too, you know. All right. Have a great week, guys. Love you all.